Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Been There, Read That podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Batty, and as always, this program is brought to you by ChristianResearcher.com. If you haven't been on our site recently, you need to go there and check out the Articles tab, where you'll find an article we recently published where several of my friends who are really good Bible students and avid readers, they took some time to give a brief review of their favorite book, that they read from 2019. I took all those reviews, I put them together and published them in an article, and I've made that available. And within the article, you'll also find hyperlinks that will take you to uh, find a copy of the book if you desire to purchase a copy and read it yourself this year. So really appreciate all the work that guys put into making that article possible, and I hope that will benefit you in your studies this year and your reading goals that you've set and also in the development of Bible knowledge. Today I have a special episode that I'm really excited about doing. I'm going to talk to you about the background, the history of biblical theology, and then the different methodologies developed and books and authors to go along with those methodologies. Recently in a conversation with Brother Clint France, he asked me the following two questions. He said, in your view, what kind of literature is most lacking in the restoration of Church of Christ heritage? Number two, what sort of literature would it be most beneficial for our own brethren to produce? I was really glad that he asked those questions because it gave me the opportunity to make a plug for biblical theology. I feel like biblical theology is just non-existent within Restoration writings, and it's an area of study that has been extremely beneficial to myself and my whole Bible view, if you will. And I feel like it's really critical that we begin to understand and introduce biblical theology to our brethren and to develop some writing along those lines ourselves. And so as we had that conversation, he asked me to do a podcast episode specifically dedicated to explaining biblical theology and methodologies involved and some authors to get familiar with. And so I want to honor his request and present a background of biblical theology so you understand how it works and why this is such an important field of study in developing a whole Bible view. As we begin, for the sake of maybe some older listeners, I want to make a distinction between what I would call modern biblical theology and the biblical theological movement from the 1950s and the 1960s. The biblical theology movement of the 50s and 60s was an attempt to blend historical criticism, higher criticism, and confessional theology together. Obviously, with those backgrounds, they did not have a high view of the Bible's inspiration. The biblical theology movement did not view the Bible as inspired and readily embraced the ideas of a corrupted text and a non-historical view of God's mighty acts. In essence, the biblical theology movement viewed the Bible as harmonious but not factual or historical. That's very problematic, and that has nothing to do with the current mode of studying biblical theology. 
Some advocates of the biblical theological movement of the 60s included James D. Smart, Paul Menier, Floyd Filson, and G. Ernest Wright. Uh, two popular scholars who wrote against the biblical theological movement of the 60s were Beverage Childs and James Barr. Now, neither one of those guys was exactly a good guy. I don't recommend their writings in any way. They didn't themselves hold an extremely high view of Scripture, yet they did see problems and issues with the writings that came out of the biblical theological movement in the 60s. So, when I'm talking about modern biblical theology, I am not talking about the biblical theological movement of the 50s and 60s. This is a whole different animal. Modern biblical theology holds a very, very high view of Scripture. In fact, their methodology will not work without a high view of Scripture, and we'll explain that as we go along. Gerhardus Voss is the individual responsible for popularizing modern biblical theology, as is practiced today by individuals who hold a high view of Scripture. Voss's influence focused the development of biblical theology on the process of revelation within a historical setting. In other words, Modern biblical theology draws a line of development within a context of historical revelation, otherwise known as progressive revelation. Biblical theology is a method of study that attempts to understand the theology and concerns of the biblical writers rather than expressing the theology and concerns of the biblical readers. It attempts to understand the beliefs of the biblical writers on their own terms and listen for the writers' own points of emphasis by allowing them to express their thoughts in their own words and within their own structure rather than attempting to feed their teaching through an artificial grid constructed by the reader. Here's a couple of key concepts that come up in the discussion of biblical theology. First of all, you have to understand the concept of progressive revelation. In other words, God didn't dump all of his knowledge or all of his revelation out at one time. He progressively laid it out over a couple of thousand years. Whenever we talk about progressive revelation, you also have to understand the concept of intertextuality. In other words, latter writers built upon and referenced back to earlier writers within the canon. Biblical theology holds a high view of Scripture. It also advocates for biblical unity. It's arguing essentially that there is one underlying author of all Scripture, that being the Holy Spirit himself. So though you have different human authors involved, you have one underlying voice that unites the whole Bible together. Therefore, they are arguing for historical reliability, a very high view of inspiration, and they are focused on what I would call whole Bible theology. I'll give you a practical example of how this works. In order to develop a biblical theological view of the Holy Spirit, one would have to begin in the Old Testament and trace the developing theme of the Holy Spirit from Genesis all the way through the minor prophets and then use that foundational understanding to build an understanding of his role within the Gospels, the book of Acts, and the epistles of Paul and the other letters as well. Along the way, you'd be forced to develop a prophetic view of the restoration of Israel and the prophets and understand the New Testament writings as a fulfillment of that prophetic foundation with the Holy Spirit playing a key role. In other words, it's basing, it's developing the idea of the Holy Spirit from the whole Bible rather than a single little sliver of that. Okay, let's talk about the close relationship between biblical theology and systematic theology to further define some of the nuances. Biblical theology is related to systematic theology, yet is broader in scope. 
Many liken this to a relationship between a parent and a child. In this scenario, the biblical theology would be the parent, and systematic theology would be the child. Biblical theology focuses on the process of revelation within a historic development, while systematic theology focuses on the logical construction of a topic. Let me give you a practical example of how this would work. Let's explain the difference between systematic theology and biblical theology with a practical comparison of how they would approach this topic of sanctification. Systematic theology would address the topic of sanctification by gathering a list of all passages where the terms used and then sorting through that data to explain in logical fashion the different nuances of the topic from a biblical perspective. Biblical theology, on the other hand, would approach sanctification as a theme developed within a book, a corpus of books, or the entire canon, and demonstrate how the theme of sanctification was developed through historical progression. Understanding the two approaches to the same issue helps to demonstrate that systematic theology and biblical theology are not at odds with one another, but rather complement each other. Once the historic development of sanctification is understood, which is the goal of biblical theology, one can sort through the information and present a logical case for a holistic view of sanctification, which is the goal of systematic theology. Maybe we should think of it this way. Think of biblical theology as the development of scripture, of revelation, of a theme, and systematic theology as a dissection or an application of that knowledge. Biblical theology asks the question, what are the interests and thoughts of the writer and how does revelation progress? Whereas systematic theology asks, how does the scripture address my points of interest? Without practicing biblical theology first, systematic theology can run the risk of taking passages out of context and missing key elements of the argument along the way. You cannot draw application from a passage without first understanding what the passage says and how it's used by the author. Let me give you another example. Biblical theology does not study Paul to see what he says about baptism. That's what systematic theology does. Biblical theology focuses on the writings of Paul in order to see what interests Paul and what the Holy Spirit wanted to say through Paul. Baptism may be a part of that message, but there's much more to the message than just baptism. Here's a problem in Bible study as I see it. Most people today are application-driven, and thus we struggle to study the whole Bible, listen to the Bible on its own terms, and understand the big picture of Scripture. We're asking, what does the passage mean for me? Or what can I get out of the Bible? Or how does the Bible apply to my life? Rather than approaching the Bible on its own terms and simply learning to love to study the Bible for the sake of the Bible itself. For instance, our people know the topic of baptism, but they don't know the message of the New Testament or the general storyline of the Bible as a whole. They've not been taught the full message or the full concept of the Bible. We've been taught to deal with a dissected Bible from systematic theology, rather than a whole Bible from a biblical theological perspective. Now, I want to be very pointed here so that we don't miss this. The Bible must first be understood as a book of revelation before it can become a book of application. The real issue is understanding the Bible as God's self-revelation. The Bible is first a God-centered book before it can become a man-applied book. Until we learn to embrace that concept, we will continue to utilize only a portion of that revelation. 
I want to share a quote with you. I've shared this many times on the program, but it's a really good quote, and I'm going to keep using it. Brother Ron Quarter has often said, We know a lot of Bible stories, but do we know the story of the Bible? I want to ask a question here. Why would we know some Bible stories, but not the whole Bible story? Well, the answer is because we look for stories that apply to us rather than seeking to learn the whole story that God has written simply because he wrote it and has revealed himself in it. We've been taught either directly or by example to approach Bible study from a systematic background rather than allowing the Bible to speak on its own terms. In other words, we've had the cart before the horse is my argument. When we teach young men to develop sermons by picking up a concordance and finding every place where a particular word is used and thus conducting a word study, we've taught them how to interact with parts of the Bible, but we haven't taught them how to interact with the Bible as a whole. We've taught them that's not necessary to study the whole Bible and that's okay to limit our studies to the parts of the Bible that interest us or that we find personally applicable. How do we correct that problem? My answer would be by learning to practice biblical theology and developing expository preaching. Whole Bible theology and expository preaching go hand in hand. Teaching a passage of scripture within its context, its immediate context, uh, context within a corpus, context within a canon, and other biblical contexts, that's what expository teaching is striving to do as you systematically work through the entire Bible. And that's the type of Bible study that we need to learn to develop within ourselves and within our congregations, within our teachers, within Bible students as a whole. I want to ask you, if you can make the same statement that Paul made in Acts chapter 20 and verse 27 where he stated, For I have not shunned to declare unto you the whole counsel of God. Can we honestly claim to have delivered the whole counsel of God when there are large, gaping black holes of Scripture in our knowledge? There are, there are books of the Bible, entire portions of the Bible, that we've never studied, period, let alone ever taught from. Teaching the whole counsel and wisdom of God begins with learning to appreciate God's own self-revelation in his whole book and striving to learn more about God by progressively reading his revelation. Okay, that's enough about the background of biblical theology and why it's so important to develop writing within this this framework. And so now I'm going to introduce you to some authors and some different methodologies that you need to know. First of all, I want to start off by naming a few guys that you really need to get to know some major players in this field of study. Some of them you may be familiar with. Uh, the first one is Gerhardus Voss. As I stated earlier, he's kind of the founder of modern biblical theology as a methodology, as a field of study. Now I'll say this, Voss is very dense and he's difficult to read. I mention his name because the hermeneutics of it, the background, the purpose of it really derives from Voss. He's the one that articulated it quite well. And he had a major influence in three names that maybe you are familiar with. One is G.K. Bill, the second is Andreas Kostenberger, and the third is D.A. Carson. All three of these guys have been very instrumental in developing the study of biblical theology in numerous directions. And we'll talk more about them as we go along. But you need to know those four names. Gerhardus Voss, G.K. Bill, Andreas Kostenberger, and D.A. Carson. Now, 
As far as reading books about how to do biblical theology or some challenges that are presented with biblical theology, I'll give you three titles for your consideration. The first is, What is Biblical Theology? A Guide to the Bible Story, Symbolism, and Patterns by James Hamilton. The second is Biblical Theology in the Life of the Church by Michael Lawrence and Thomas Schreiner. By the way, Schreiner is another guy who does a lot in the field of biblical theology. The third title is Biblical Theology, Retrospect and Prospect by Scott J. Haffman. It's a very interesting volume. It's not light reading. This is, this is quite dense as well. But in Biblical Theology, Retrospect and Prospect by Haffman, you had a symposium that was done on biblical theology where different men from different methodologies within the realm of biblical theology came together and demonstrated their studies and what their methodology had to bring to the table and kind of gave a defense of it. Really, really interesting study with men from all different kinds of backgrounds showing how their approach is helpful within the development of the field as a whole. So there you will learn how to do it. You will also learn some of the dangers or the pitfalls to look out for along the way, which methodologies have more credibility than others, and how they all interact together. This is a really, really helpful read by Scott Hafman. He was the editor on that book. Now, I'll talk about methodologies and just lay out these four ranges of methodologies for you, and then we're going to go back and we're going to talk specific books and authors within each methodology. The first is to study a major theme of a book or a corpus of Scripture. In other words, you would go to, say, the book of Matthew, and you would begin to study Matthew and see how Matthew develops certain themes. And then you would see how Matthew fits in with the other gospel books. And then you would show how the gospel books fit within the whole canon of the New Testament and how the New Testament is built upon the Old Testament. That's one way of doing biblical theology. A second method is to study central themes throughout Scripture. So you would you look at the the whole scripture, or you would look at a major portion of scripture and show how there are dominant themes that begin to surface throughout all of the books, such as the concept of inaugurated eschatology. In other words, the kingdom is, is already here, but it is not yet consummated. That's a major theme that goes throughout the New Testament. Another theme would be the restoration of Israel in the Gospels and the Epistles. The idea of a new exodus is a major theme that goes throughout the entire New Testament and helps to unify the overall teaching of the New Testament. That's based off of the prophecies of the Old Testament. So there's some ideas of how central themes work together. The third methodology is related, but it's where they take a central theme of Scripture approach. In other words, these writers will argue that they have found the theme that connects the whole Bible. We'll talk more about that momentarily. And then the fourth approach is called the metanarrative storyline approach, which is trying to present a picture, a big, big picture view of the whole Bible and how it all unites harmoniously together, usually doing that by tracing a few themes that unite it together. But big picture view, metanarrative storyline. Okay, let's talk about each of these methodologies and some authors and books within each field. We'll start off with the, with the study of major messages and themes within a book or a corpus or the canon of Scripture. And I'll show you kind of two different ways of going about this. The first example can be seen in the method employed by Andreas Kostenberger when he wrote his Theology of John's Gospels and Letters. In that book, Kostenberger seeks to uncover the message and themes of the Gospel of John, 
then he progresses to the letters of John, and then he lastly deals with the revelation of John. And after he's dealt with all three of those corpuses, he synthesizes the information together to show how they build upon one another and present some of the same themes without. After he has synthesized them, he places all of that writing within the context of the New Testament and the Bible as a whole. He is focusing on synthesizing corpuses after having developed each individual book within that corpus. Okay, A second example would be G.K. Bill. He's written a monstrous volume entitled A New Testament Biblical Theology, which seeks to establish an understanding of the Old Testament and then demonstrate how the New Testament authors interact with the Old Testament. That's called intertextuality. How they build upon it. That's called progressive revelation. And then build upon one another, helping to complete a unified canon of Scripture. He is taking the whole Bible with a major emphasis on the New Testament. That's quite a lengthy and a dense read. You better set aside a couple of years to, to go through that material, but I would argue it's probably very well worth your time. Okay, I'll sh share with you kind of within these two fields, whether we're talking about approaching the Bible as a whole or then a book within a corpus within the canon approach, as Kostenberger does. I'll show you a kind of an introductory level in this area, and then an advanced level. At the introductory level, we have a biblical theology introduction to the New Testament, The Gospel Realized, by Michael Kruger. This is put out by Crossway Publications, and Kruger is actually the general editor. And what they've done is, throughout the New Testament, they have, they have assigned each New Testament book to a different author, and they develop a thematic approach of the whole book as presented by the author of Scripture, and then they show how that works together with the rest of the New Testament canon. The same thing was done from an Old Testament perspective by Miles Van Pelt in the same a little, um, publication by Crossway. It's called A Biblical Theological Introduction to the Old Testament, The Gospel Promised. Both of those are really good introductory level reads to biblical theology from a New Testament perspective and then an Old Testament perspective. At an advanced level of reading, we have the book Biblical Theology by Gerhardus Voss. That's approaching biblical theology from a whole Bible perspective. You have the aforementioned A New Testament Biblical Theology by G.K. Bill, which is also giving a whole Bible perspective. Then you have The King and His Beauty, a biblical theology of the Old and New Testaments by Thomas Schreiner. This is also taking a whole Bible approach, obviously. I mention him because Schreiner is definitely the easier of the three to read. So if you wanted a whole Bible, pretty comprehensive view, Schreiner would be a guy to consider reading. From a New Testament theology, you have a New Testament theology, Magnifying God and Christ by Thomas Schreiner. You have a theology of John's Gospel and Letters by Andreas Kostenberger. Now, Kostenberger has also written a commentary on First and Second Timothy and Titus, in which he is approaching those books from a biblical theological perspective. Uh, Charles Quarles has written a book called A Theology of Matthew, where he takes a biblical theological approach of the Gospel of Matthew, and he shows how Matthew develops different themes throughout his gospel and how that's critical to understanding the whole purpose of the book and how the book fits in with the rest of the New Testament. From an Old Testament perspective, 
Uh, Richard P. Belcher Jr. has written a book called Finding Favor in the Sight of God, a Theology of the Wisdom Literature, in which he takes a biblical theology approach to the book of Proverbs, Job, and Ecclesiastes. Paul R. House has written a book called A Theology of the Old Testament, wherein he examines each book, its thematic focus, and its relationship to the other books within the Old Testament canon. One book of particular note, I'm really interested in reading this book this year, is written by Stephen G. Dempster. It's called Dominion and Dynasty, A Theology of the Hebrew Bible. And what Dempster is doing is he's using a biblical theological approach to understanding the Old Testament within the arrangement of the Hebrew canon or the Tanakh arrangement. That's really interesting uh, looking. It's quoted by a number of different people and has had quite a, an impact in Old Testament studies in recent days. The second methodology is where you trace a theme throughout Scripture for the understanding of that theme developed within the whole canon. Uh, you may take the concept of covenants, the concept of kingdom, or the concept of salvation and begin to trace those throughout the whole Bible. Uh, just an example, there's been a couple of books written on the theme of temple. For instance, you have From Eden to the New Jerusalem by T. Desmond Alexander, and you have The Temple and the Church's Mission written by G.K. Bill, where they start in Genesis and they go all the way to the book of Revelation and show how the temple theme is a major theme that impacts and unites all of Scripture together. Within the development of that theme, you're also going to have the development of a sub-theme of inaugurated eschatology in which the kingdom has arrived on the scene but has not yet been consummated, as will happen one day. And so you have this forward scope, forward-looking view of Scripture. Another important book within this field of tracing themes throughout the Bible is God's Design for Man and Woman, a biblical the theological survey by Andreas Kostenberger. This is really an essential read whenever you're talking about egalitarianism, which is the gender debate, men's roles, women's roles within Scripture. Kostenberger attacks that issue and that debate from a biblical theological whole Bible perspective and shows how gender roles develop in Genesis 2 and remain the same throughout the Bible. Really, really helpful work in this area of discussion. There's a couple of series of biblical theologies put out within this field that you need to become aware of. The most extensive series is put out by InterVarsity Press. It's called New Studies in Biblical Theology. This series deals with book developments, which will be the first, first methodology, and it also develops with thematic developments here in the second category number of different books. I don't know how many books. There's probably like 30 volumes or more that have been published in that series by InterVarsity Press all of which contain a high level of scholarship and very detailed, intricate work. The second series is put out by Crossway, and it's called Short Studies in Biblical Theology. These are going to be less technical than InterVarsity Press's series. The Crossway Studies is really trying to take biblical theology and make it practical to your, uh, your lay person, your everyday person, your average Joe. Uh, write it in an interesting, captivating way and present a grid through which to understand and view the Bible. Both InterVarsity Presses and Crossways series are still in the developmental process. In other words, they've produced some volumes, but there are still many more volumes that are going to come out in the future. The New Studies in Biblical Theology by InterVarsity Press 
has a general editor of D.A. Carson. So D.A. Carson is a name you may know and trust. He's considered to be a high view of scripture guy. He's written a number of really good books, um, very conservative thinker, and he is the driving force behind InterVarsity Press's series on biblical theology. The third methodology is a central theme of scripture. In other words, what is the central theme? This is uh, called the Holy Grail approach by its detractors. When you have a person who is writing from a central theme view, they, f- they are arguing that they have found the key that unlocks the message of the entire Bible. Uh, one guy may say it's covenants. Covenants are the key that understands the whole Bible. Another guy say, no, no, it's not covenants. It's new creation. You have to understand the concept of new creation to understand the whole Bible. Another guy says, well, you know, you make a good point for covenants and new creation, but it's really the kingdom concept. Kingdom concept is what gets the doors open. I believe that this is somewhat problematic. I don't believe there is one central theme that unlocks the entire Bible. I think that oversimplifies a very complex canon. There are many themes, and as these guys present their case for their main theme, they show that indeed it is an important theme, but when the next guy presents his case for the theme of Scripture, he also shows how this is a really important theme as well, and it shouldn't be an either-or. It should be a both-and. Okay, so you need to go. You need to understand that some guys are writing and saying this is the Holy Grail. This is the theme of Scripture. And though they are going to present some really helpful material, maybe you should still read their book. It is not the theme. There is not a single theme. Okay, so a couple of books in this area would be a book called Kingdom Through Covenants by Peter Gentry and Stephen J. Wellam. Uh, Gentry and Wellam are writing about covenants from a progressive covenantal standpoint. In other words, they do not buy into covenant theology, and they also do not buy into dispensational theology. This is a really interesting approach to the covenant concept. Now, I don't believe it is the theme of Scripture, but I do believe it is a major theme, very helpful, and they have presented some very scholarly work that is really helpful in developing the concept of covenants. Another book within this genre would be God's Glory and Salvation Through Judgment by James Hamilton. I'm planning on reading this book later on this year. I've started it before. It's quite interesting. It's based off of the Tanakh arrangement of the Old Testament. But it's arguing that God's glory in salvation through judgment is the theme that unites all of Scripture. Again, I don't buy that it's the theme, though it is going to be an important theme, and he's been good in developing that. A third one. It was written by Christopher J.H. Wright. It's called The Mission of God, Unlocking the Bible's Grand Narrative. In other words, he's arguing God has sought to make himself known to mankind. That is the main theme, and you need to understand that. Again, major theme, but I just don't buy this whole one-theme approach mindset. In fact, to read a couple of books, or one book in particular, against a central theme approach to biblical theology. You need to read Central Themes in Biblical Theology, Mapping Unity and Diversity by Scott J. Halfman and Paul R. House. The final methodology is meta-narrative storyline. This is the big picture approach. This is story tracing and development all throughout the book. 
This big picture approach has both its positive attributes and its negative attributes. The positive attribute is that you get to see, in general terms, the whole scope of the Bible. And people really need to develop that big picture view. I try to read one of these each year because it is helpful in developing a big picture overall view. The downside of it is that in order to build a big picture view, you're going to have to choose which areas you place the most emphasis on. And so the approach taken by a particular writer is going to focus in on a couple of themes that they think are most important or their favorite books within the collection of Scripture. It's not going to be exhaustive in any way, but at the same time, it won't be as exhausting. I'm telling you, you pick up G.K. Bill's New Testament Biblical Theology, you will be exhausted by the time you get through. Should you read it? Probably at some point. But in the meantime, we need to develop some big picture views, and there's some helpful ones out there. For instance, you have Christ from Beginning to End by Hunter and Wellam. I'm currently reading through that book right now with with some folks. You have a book called God's Big Picture, Tracing the Storyline of the Bible by Vaughn Roberts. You have The Unfolding Mystery by Edmund Clowney, who, by the way, was a student of Gerhardus Voss, the founding father of, of biblical theology research. And then you have Understanding the Big Picture of the Bible by Wayne Grudem, C. John Collins, and Thomas Schreiner. Now, I want to make one statement here before we're done. It's that biblical theology is being produced from a Reformed background. And as such, it is going to have Reformed baggage with it. They're going to believe in different forms of Calvinism that will come up more in some areas of study than others. A number of them will be coming from a covenant theology background, again, some more than others. You do have guys like Peter Gentry and Stephen J. Willem that are not covenant theologians, and that's interesting. I believe they've come to that understanding in part because of the methodology of biblical theology in their studies. But you are going to have some baggage that comes with it. That's why I believe it's important for Church of Christ background material to be produced, restoration material to be produced that is free of Calvinism, free of covenant theology, but yet is approaching a big picture view of the Bible, is showing how one book is built upon another and how the canon goes together as a whole, See what interests the writer rather than what interests the reader. This is a really important area of study that there are many books out there in the field of biblical theology that are beneficial to read, but they do have some baggage that are coming with them as well. The last thing I want to say before we end today's episode is that I have posted a, a manuscript of today's discussion on my website so that you can go there and you can download it and you can read it to reconsider some of what I've talked about or so that you have the titles and the authors of books that I mention from different methodologies within the field of biblical theology. I hope that will be helpful to you and provide in a way that you can give it some further reflection. I really hope you'll consider picking up a biblical theology and reading one for the first time if you've never read one or continuing to read them as you go along in your studies. This is not the only field of study, but it is a really important area that we need to be introduced to and we need to start doing some study within. I really appreciate your time, your listening attention, and joining me for this special study on biblical theologies. Check out our website, christianresearcher.com, and please join us again next week for another discussion of Bible research materials. Thanks, have a great week, and God bless. Oh, the praise is yours alone, you're worthy, worthy of all.
ever almighty, he's ever almighty to save. Our God is ever almighty, he's ever almighty always. Our God is ever almighty, he's ever almighty.